All right. Welcome back to Pass Assault, a weekly culture of the pop podcast. <laughs> I'm one of your hosts, Max Cambria. You can find me everywhere at Max underscore Cambria, except on Snapchat, but you already know why. And with me, as always, fuck my name. <laughs> you know what we need to focus on? What? The new name of our Twitter. We do have a new Twitter at because we're making some power moves today. It's it's 2019, world's end, end in 18 months. So we're making power moves now. It's uh, at PTS, all caps, underscore, podcast 716. I know what you're thinking. Like, why add the numbers? Everything else of that variation was already taken, but <laughs> <laughs> literally everything. But uh, that's where you can find us or just search past the salt podcast. Click on the salt shaker. Um, that's our new Twitter name. We are still under Community Fries, technically, but you'll hear us mention that less and less as that's going to take a backpedal. Um, you can find us everywhere, iTunes uh, iTunes Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Breaker, whatever whatever you listen to it. Everything at SoundCloud. And uh, so let's get this. Wow, let's just let's get this show on the road. What do let's we, get it, baby. Let, this is what we, the main topic, and actually we're going to dive right in because I wanted to talk about this. And I know John did as soon as he saw it. Dave Chappelle. Ooh. He released his new Netflix special, uh, Sticks and Stones. Actually, a lot mm-hmm. of things coming to Netflix that are pretty powerful. But comedy special, we watched it. It caused some riffs. What do you think, John? Okay, before we get into the controversial before we get parts, into it. let's get into something we can all agree on. The visuals beforehand, everything before the special like started, like all the... Sticks and, and the music. The and Sticks the, and Stones, the music, yeah. the voiceover, everything was sick. His trailer with Morgan Freeman was pretty good. Morgan Freeman's done the voiceover for I think the last two. Yeah, yeah, which is cool. Maybe they have some kind of buddy relationship. And he like he he brought in the special by singing, which is yeah. yeah. And like comp- like he's so good at what he does that he's confident that he can start a show like that and fucking kill it. His outfit, which loved was, it. The, the jumpsuit. Loved it. I love his outfits from his last three that are all like the same brand and shit. Yeah. So gangster, yeah, like he's confidently doing shit that has no, like, place in normal walking around style. Yeah, you know he's I'm very but much still still at the top of his game. But nobody even questions it really. No. Like, like why it's, would we? It's gangster, man. And it was at really Atlanta. That's where the special was filmed, which is a good choice of venue. Yep, solid for him. And basically, his whole show was a response to all of the backlash he's gotten and like just the culture kind of PC culture in general, which was dangerous for him to do, but only he could have really pulled it off. And he did in a lot of ways. Agreed. I picture it as it him and the social justice warrior slash like keyboard warriors like his enemy everybody who who wants to see him come down well, due to the way he speaks let's right. just say if it was a fight between those two people let's just say like that's one person dave's another person yeah they gave him like a little little bitch slap a little tap with like whatever their backlash was to his last antics and in response he like wiped his this special is just him wiping his chin and unleashing like a kamehameha on their like it's it's aggressive like yeah it's aggressive he really just said you know what fuck it and just I, went for it i liked basically the second half of the special a lot better than the first half but it was all pretty solid stuff he talks a, a lot about like he touched on louis he touched on kevin hart 
Yep. Like the Oscar controversy. Um, just siding with everybody he shouldn't, according to the PC culture. Right. And there's been some backlash. Like, I know, and I hate quoting them because they're kind of just Michael trash. Jackson, too. He did touch on Michael Jackson. R. He Kelly. said, Yeah, he said Michael Jackson's been ten, dead for 10 years. He's got two new cases. <laughs> that was awesome. That was amazing. <laughs> and uh, he talked about the LGBTQ community. But honestly, everything about those LGBTQ Jeffrey jokes. Epstein, too. Yes. Wow, he literally covered so many insanely controversial topics. He talked about how if his I don't even I shouldn't even say it. About the Michael Jackson stuff. That stuff that he was he was over flames with that stuff. Like he was ready to be roasted. Like that was yeah. careful, but he I think he pulled it off. I think that well, of course we think he pulled we he pulled it off. We're always gonna side with the comics. Yeah, but he set it up right. Well he said Oh, for everybody watching at home, you clicked on my face. Like, yep. yeah, yeah. Like, yep. you chose that to watch this. You that chose to watch this. You you should know. And you really like that too, because you know that was the first time he said it. Because you, he doesn't record his his he, practice no. sets. No, no, no. He doesn't record his practice sets. But he I mean, just drops into places, dude. He once dropped it on a show. Like he called and was like, "Hey, you gonna be in blah 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 tonight?" And just popped up. Didn't even ask for permission. Just showed up. Was like, "Yeah, you think I should go on?" And they were like, "Yeah." Yeah, and just did forty minutes off the cuff and killed it, like because he has the money to be able to fly out for no reason, and he's constantly and he, writing jokes in his head, and, and he's obsessed what? with practicing and just loves the game of stand up. Yeah, I feel like he's the guru, like he's the the one who understands it the most. If, if like when the world needed him most, he didn't, and he vanished. I was and he, <laughs> the Avatar, reference. but he came back, bro. And he's exactly what we need. Where I hope that people follow his example and put a lot of time into writing their jokes to come out against this culture, this cancel culture in the right way. You know what I'm saying? Like he didn't just take the opposite sides of things. Like uh, he made fun of both sides in every he joke. He made fun of both sides, but you could you could you could tell what his stances were, and that's not even important. You didn't even need his stances. He told jokes like how they're supposed to be told, where you can laugh at them. And realize that's not he doesn't believe that, you know, his his son had special time with Michael Jackson that like, oh, that's where the bar starts. It's only up from here. Like he doesn't actually believe that, but like, you know, it's a joke. Like And he takes it far enough to where you know he obviously couldn't believe it. You know right. what I mean? Like he right. doesn't just say a, her- a terrible thing. He says it a terrible thing that's extreme enough to where you know it has to be facetious. And he set that up. By talking about Kevin Hart's tweet where he said he would smash a dollhouse on his son's head if he was if he was like showing gay signs of being and he gay. He starts by kind of shunning him. Right. You know what I mean? Like he kinda he describes it as a bad thing that Kevin did. He said he was four tweets away from being a perfect man. Yeah. So like fine. And he's like and he's all fair. But yeah, in all fairness, Kevin said he wanted to do the Oscars, but then he didn't. That was like his dream. And then he backed out. So he, he touches on a lot of things. What I really liked was towards the end, he did the joke about him buying a shotgun in mm-hmm. in Ohio. And he's like, and he said that he shot the, he's like, I shot the heroin addict with birdshot. Which is obviously, this and is all, I think this all has to be fake, right? If that's, this is all a story for the Oh, special. yeah. He, well, the part where he shoots somebody's fake, but he, he does own a shotgun. He does own guns. Right. But he said he, if he was shooting, you know, let's say he shot some heroin addict with birdshot because he's in Ohio. Heroin's big there. And he got a closer look, and their teeth were yellow. Oh no, it's a meth addict. <laughs> he got back up. I thought that was so funny. <laughs> He's like, "Oh no, his meth buddies are coming." <laughs> I thought that was in the bird shot. If you haven't seen the special, 
watch it. Obviously, I can't do the jokes much justice. Um, I especially can't do any of the racial jokes he does because <laughs> I can't. <laughs> Speaking of racial jokes, oh, or do you want to keep talking about uh, this, or do you want no? To we can to the no. We can war? still talk about we can still talk about uh, Chappelle for a moment. He did the Chinese impression, and that's probably dude. The Chinese that was the one where I knew he was gonna get fucked up over. I don't which, think, not that he gives a fuck. But I like, think if someone watched that clip by itself, nothing before, nothing after, they'd fuck him up for it. But if you have to watch it to understand that that was part of the whole thing, the whole joke. Like that wasn't as bad and taken into the whole set. But even his Filipino wife doesn't like it. Oh, for sure not. <laughs> even no, in the set he talks about how she yeah. doesn't want him to do the joke. Right. Like that's yeah, that's a sign. But not, he's, not, he, that's where know. he is in his life, you know? He's, he's, he's older. He doesn't care what people think. He wants to do his jokes, and he knows he's not going to be canceled because, come on. I can't be offended for anybody, but if, I, but if an Asian person were to say they were offended by that, I wouldn't, like, think that they're crazy. Dude, he even made R. Kelly jokes. Let's not forget those. Well, why wouldn't he? Everybody knows R. Kelly's guilty. That's an easy Yeah, that one. That's, like, easy. the least controversial thing he talked about. Well, Are you kidding me? Yeah. That literally is probably the one that everybody was probably like, all right. The way yeah. he did the jokes were more of like guilty R. Kelly than not. Yeah, he didn't really show the other side as much. He even described how everybody thinks he's a victim blamer. Yeah. Like he said, what he, he even saying? did the Chris Brown Rihanna. But what was the one after that? That was even worse. Um, he like if someone that the one with like if if he, he said, was if he was a pedophile, Macaulay Culkin would be oh God, on yeah, the list. Something like that. <laughs> and he also did school shooter jokes, which no one does. No one does school shooter jokes. Nah, that's, I've heard a couple. That's a tab, bro. That's so taboo. That's that's you're walking a tightrope there for sure, dude. All of these were all of them. Like that's. I don't really. I can't think was, of a topic he did that wasn't slightly risky. Right. He's saying he doesn't really care special. what anybody says. It is a good special. I mean, you should he watch. He can't it. get canceled. He doesn't have any network shows. He doesn't have any long term deals with any publication companies, as far as I'm concerned. Right. As far as I know, like he's he's safe. He has what Netflix. Are they do? He just has a Netflix deal, and Netflix knew he was putting this out, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, Netflix gives their comedians pretty good free range from what I hear. Yeah, and uh, yeah, and he's doing fine. I mean, like they, everybody should watch it and uh, people who who are who are triggered easily about certain topics we we talked about that he talked about, I think you should just keep an open mind and just watch it as if I'm going to enjoy this. I, this is a comedy show, everything's a joke, like it's an entertainer. Like watch it like that. If you want an intro to Dave Chappelle before watching that special that could ease you into maybe his his style, you got to watch um, a little, like, it's like a seven-minute bit that he did at the uh, the Laugh Factory in California. Uh, it's called Man Rape. Oh, I don't know. It's about, the premise is basically this dude raped, like, seven dudes. Mm-hmm. And they came, seven people came forward, I think, around that number. Mm-hmm. And he was like, do you know how many motherfuckers he had to rape for seven to come forward? <laughs> like like men like because men are way less likely obviously right. to come from, like that's the whole pro- like he was like do you know how many thousands of men right. he probably raped yeah he talked about the one line he said he's like oh so atlanta so uh all the dudes are all the gay dudes are here with their wives and i was like oh funny <laughs> i wasn't really aware that atlanta was known for Gay men like until, a community until like, like a month or two ago. I'm not really sure what the scene is over there, the LGBTQ scene over I there. I guess it's the East Coast hub other than like probably New York City. Right? Wouldn't I that guess. make sense? Like the southern East Coast hub? I guess. I mean, I don't know. I don't really know what the... What are other gay places? San Francisco? San Francisco's <laughs> huge. 
Anywhere in California. Parts of, anything. what, like Greenwich Village or something in New York City? Yeah, New York City. I need the big cities. Atlanta's a big city. Of course it's got a big community. I mean, even Buffalo has a gay area. Yeah. Yeah. Nah. Well, we've got a couple gay clubs. Oh, we have more than... I feel like we got closing and on double digits now. Of gay clubs? Up. Yeah. And bars. Yeah, maybe. You, you might be right. Double digits? Yeah, we, you I, might I be could, right. I could think of four or five, and that, I could, mean, I was gonna that say means four that there's five. more. But that means that there's more that I don't know about. Because yeah. I, I don't go to none of them. There's probably like a high-end like suits suits and, and, and dresses gay club that we don't know about. Like, where do all the lawyers go? Mm. A lot of lawyers in Buffalo. I would say they probably go to the underground. No, the underground. More, that's probably more of a still divey. It's on Main Street, though, I think. Yeah, I think. Is it? Yeah. It might be on Main Street, yeah. I'm trying to think. For clubs, they probably go to like Marcella's, but that's almost a, a fucking straight bar at this point. Yeah, but that's it's insane. a lot of young. Younger. That place has literally been taken over by heteros. It's nuts. It's probably 50-50 at best. Yeah, word spread that that was a good place to go. That's why. Well, the ownership changed a couple of years ago, and it got way better. Way better. It was terrible mm. before that, to me at least. Back it was, in its heyday, it was supposed to be big, like huge. It was popular, but it was still the style of it I didn't like. It was like too like techno. Oh, really? Like it's The, the DJing's a lot better now. That's oh. the main improvement. So they switched music guys. They said, fuck you. Basically. Yeah, I think they redesigned a little bit. Yeah, you, know, you got to be careful at those bars, though. You can get in a fight. Those ones? Any bar. That's the place I feel like you're least likely to get in a fight. You could grab a dude's dip, be like, my bad. Be well, like, don't where, worry about it. Where would you say you could, where would you? Where are you going to get in a fight in Buffalo? What a bar? What bars? The more, like, think of uh, a, a straight <laughs> nightclub. Any straight nightclub. Where else? Any? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, maybe you could get in a race war at, yeah, tell, at a certain, actually, John I'm not going to say where. I'm John, not going to say where it happened. No, you don't have to because say where. We you don't have to use names. That. No, you don't have because to use I don't, names. But John, what did you, what happened? Okay. Tell me what happened, man. John came in here. He already had a sweat on his forehead. He was like, "Yo, <laughs> yo, we were in a race war." I thought, yeah, John's phone. <laughs> no, was we broken. were not in a race war. We observed a small race fight. I guess. Are you sure it was racially a race like, battle? Well, Ooh, well a explain, race battle. explain it to me because I want to know okay. how you know it was racially motivated. So I'm at this bar, right? Sure. Me, my friend Frank, who, for the purpose of the story, everybody should know, is black. I am white. My girlfriend also white. <laughs> <laughs> All right, keep so, going. <laughs> it's us three. Right, they're, they're Frank and, and, just and cool my girl accent. are kind of sister wives. So we're there. We finish up eating. We go to close out. Molly takes my card over to the bartender. Right, Molly had just finished her karaoke. It's karaoke night. Mm-hmm. She had done some Chris Stapleton shit. Right? Nice, killed it. Love you, babe. Then this lady, who I would say looks three quarters Italian, one quarter Filipino. Mm. At best, at best, at worst, or at at the most mixed, we'll okay. say. This bitch <laughs> does energy by Drake Uh-oh. with p- passion, okay, and a Valley Girl voice, <sighs> but aggressive. Ooh, and I'm surprised I was even group, in. She was in her mid thirties. Her whole group of mid thirty year old white fuckers explode with. Every mention of the N word, like they they love that she's bold enough to say it, and they love that she's saying it boldly. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. they're fucking going off. They're at the corner of the bar nearest to where we were sitting at a table, about eight feet away, about three feet in the opposite direction from them. Two twenty to twenty six year old black fellows were sitting, eating their dinner. Not even drinking. Yeah, yeah, they weren't even drinking because they were—they're were telling me how they don't even like to drink. Right. Afterwards. 
just got their food as this is all going down, right? About six N-words in, give or take. Yeah. Me and Frank are looking at each other like, yo, this isn't, like, nobody's nobody's discouraging her. It's, Nobody. So dude. it's honestly the only people that are cheering at this point are her and her friends for, for this? Yes. But okay. they make up about a third of the bar because it's right. a small bar and there weren't many people there sure. other than them. Okay. There also, I should mention, that group, somebody, part of them, was friends with the owner of the bar. This plays in later. Of course. So me and Frank start looking over at the two black dudes eating the food. They're looking at each other like, yo, this is really wild. They're looking at us like, you see this shit? And we're like, yo, this is nuts. <laughs> You're like, like, with our eyes. Just agree. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, just like. John, John picks sides early. He was dude, like, yep. <laughs> that, you'll see. That'll come into play later as well. Right? Um, so this is like, this is crazy. And then about two-thirds of the way through the song, the more confident of the two start being like, why are y'all laughing? And they're like, like why like, why are you so, like, en- why are you enjoying it so much? Because she's not, like, doing it well. It must, she's not, like, yeah, rapping. She must have been doing like, it in a way that, like, you would be able to observe and be like, oh, this is, something's off here. Dude, it was... Honestly, if she just went up and did it, it would almost seem like, oh, she doesn't know. Like right. she's but she, of a but she was generation or something. It. She well after the second time, yeah, because all of her fucking asshole friends were losing their minds every time. Like screaming, going like, woo, whistling, everything, dog. Oof. It was nuts. And they had been drinking already. She I, she came in like wooing when she just walked into she's the bar. A woo so girl? I'm, I'm a, yeah, she's a woo girl. And so I'm assuming she was inebriated to a certain degree beforehand. Of course. Not that that's any kind of excuse. Um, so they're like, they keep, they start, it gets into more of a yelling thing because it's loud in there to begin with. Every time the word comes up, it's like a yelling. No, I mean like the, 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 the energy, like, level. like the, the two groups talking to each other. Yeah. Oh, okay. No, right, 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 right. So they're not apologizing. They're like, what? What do you mean? Like they're like they're acting confused, which is just a classic, classic. Caucasian tactic. Classic. She finishes. She walks over. She's like, what? <laughs> then she's like, I'm sorry if I offended you, but I'm from California. I'm from Compton. Like claims Compton oh, with that gosh. voice that I just did. I'm pretty accurate with that oh, impression. No. Oh. She's Valley Girl, bro. She even pull at one point she ends up pulling out her ID to show everybody. And it had California, but I guarantee it was the fucking Valley or some shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, it was not Compton. Or she's yeah. in, like, a high-end apartment that just happens to fucking be at the outskirt. Like, in she this can one see nice Compton up-and-coming window, area. You know? Yeah, like, some shit yeah. like that. And it gets rowdy quick. She's like, I could say it. They don't care where I'm from, which is just even more insane because I feel like your odds of getting shot for that word are higher over there. Over than there. They are oh, here. way higher. Like a They're not the city higher. of good neighbors over there, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah. Like, Jesus, man. I should also mention that while the white people are friends of the bar owner, the two black dudes are fucking regulars, like karaoke Tuesday regulars. Okay. Like, I've seen them there once or twice. They're reliable income. Yes. Yeah. Like, they are customers that the owner recognizes. Okay. Like, I'm sure they've been given free drinks. I'm sure they like coming. They like to come into the bar oh, before sure. this, right? There's no apology that's going to get them out of that situation at that point. They, unless they left. They should have just left. The white people should have for sure left. Just left. There was no fucking chance. It starts getting bigger and bigger and bigger. I think it's about to go off. 
and we're me and Frank like stand up and we're kind of walking over. We're like just just chilling, like making sure like because it was two on six or seven. But there was a couple girls in the group, and then there was a guy or two who didn't end up going at it. It dies down though before it goes off. It dies down. We of course, it's cool. the calm before the storm, bro. Dude, there were, it that's was when weird. I would. Right. It was when I didn't expect it to go off. Something got said, and shit just hit the fan. Oh, it was probably a slur. These two, bro. these two black dudes, maybe five eight to five eleven range, like the two of them ish, hundred eighty pounds at most. Yeah, boxers. Oh, nobody knew. They're Dog. not even. They're not even allowed to be fighting then. Right. But yeah. anyway, yeah, yeah. Right. we we talked about that. At we were we were thinking about that. Um, they lit it up, bro. They we we were prepared to step in. We told them beforehand as it was going. Yo, don't if if this comes to if push comes to shove, we got you. With us, the odds will be even. Numbers are good. You you told them if this goes to the North Pole, consider Frank, you Frank two did. the Polar Express. Yes, I sent Frank over to essentially. <laughs> and then I should also add during this whole thing, I'm like, Yo, Frank, if you don't fucking stand next to me, so people fucking know what's going on. Sounds like I need the recognition, dude. If I get punched by one of these fucking dudes. Because they think I'm with the whiteies, I'm gonna be pissed. Because I can't fight back. Because I'm not. I, nah, I'm fucked. Nah, if you were, if you weren't doing what they were doing, they would have known you weren't part of their group. I guess. And I looked younger. Whatever. So we didn't have to do shit. They just <laughs> took care of it. Yeah. And then they, and then it was over. And then so there was no, a bunch of glasses broken just from like tables getting pushed and shit. The girl, the one dude's girl, went at it with the uh, with the chick who did the song. And this chick was like 80 pounds soaking wet, 4'8 Puerto Rican chick. She fucked up this other girl oh, who was like 5'9. Did anybody shout? Did difference. anybody shout World Star? Way too old of a crowd. <laughs> I still would have done it. I mean, I guess the black dudes were about our age. Maybe actually they were a bit older. Say two, three Damn, years old. Dude, they're so, probably 25. So at least one girl and girl fight. The, you said there were a couple girls. Girl in and the girl year. fight was probably the most uneven. That was like the biggest like win out of the fight. Was there a KO? Uh no, I mean there there was a a ground there was one guy that went to the ground, but it was kind of like pushing with punching that put him there, but it was a, a resounding victory for the youngins. Wow, hundred percent. Yeah. So then they, did they bounce? What happened? Did the owner come? So in? oh, the owner was there arguing with them the whole time. I should add this: the owner was like her hit the first thing out of his mouth. Bro, she killed it. Not how you want to fucking start that, people. No. Not how you want to approach that situation. He just lost two regulars. For sure. Oh, yeah. Afterwards, they were, yeah, yeah, they were talking about coming back and shit, like, in a bad way. But, yeah. At one point, I'm also leaving out that um, two friends of the boxers came through, like, these two chicks. One had a boyfriend who was there. Who, he was way too meek to do nothing, though. Um he was not going to show out for the team. Let me just say that. <laughs> he was like arms folded in the corner, like Darn. skinny dude. <laughs> Didn't want any smoke. But she, the one chick tried to help out, tried to explain, like, there's no point in arguing. Let's just go. Like, right. come on. Like, they, like they, the one dude in the other group actually did offer to pay for the boxers, like, oh. food. But they were like, nah, fuck that. We'll pay for ourselves, which I also liked. I liked both of those things. Um, yeah. Oh, 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 oh. The most pimping move out of the whole thing. Better than the quality of fighting. Better than the resounding John's over win. there like a UFC commentator. like <laughs> Better than anything else. What I like to see most in the octagon was the fact that the more confident of the two... Bro- oh, they were brothers, by the way. Okay. Uh, the more confident of the two, who was wearing Burberry pants 
and that hat that Frank is wearing right now, which for the audience listening at home is a brimless corduroy cap, <laughs> which is fucking sick. <laughs> and I bought it, and I'm just letting Frank wear it because I have more uh, style. The brimless, that's the more, yeah, it's, it's, Ill. it's in. It's fucking it's in right Ill, now, dude. Apparently. But I feel like Asian dudes pull it off so fucking well, and white dudes pull it off the worst, and then everybody else is in the middle. It's like Frank, Frank could pull it off. I yeah. cannot. Asian I dudes could really fucking pull it off. It's killer, dude. All right. What was I saying? Fuck. Uh, oh, the more confident Burberry wearing, Bruma's cap wearing brother, who's like more aggressive with the arguing, right? Killed four wings while talking, while arguing, while getting ready to fight. Destroyed four <laughs> wings. Just eight wings. He yes, was, he yes. knew it wasn't in their even, face. In their face. No, he, did, he knew it wasn't even going to be a challenge for him. Yes, he, he was, was like, like he Heisman I gotta get putting some his game hand. fuel. Yes, he was like Heisman putting his hand. In the fucking owner's face, like don't fucking talk that's to me. It was awesome. awesome. It was. It was. That's amazing. awesome. I yeah. What, what sauce? What do you think the sauce was on the wings? It looked like medium or hot. I would. I would guess. Nice. But I had their medium that night as well, and it's not hot at all. They oh, got to okay. step that. So. That's their fries. Their wings are extremely crispy and good chicken. So he came to the bar for the wings, but he left with something spicier, with some smoke. Yep. 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 <laughs> and me and me and Molly and Frank were talking to the two girls afterwards because they needed to vent a little bit. And then did you, you know, tell them like, wait, the two girls who who were singing who the song through. originally? No, no, the two girls who came through in support of the brothers. Okay, who, they the one girl had discovered the bar for the group, thought it was dope, invited all of her friends. They right. all became regulars, and then this mm. all went down, mm. which is such a shame. Which is a shame. What are the odds that this bar, who was regularly uh, followed by just mid thirty year old white people, gets a young? black crowd like that's not that's rare like that's not how that's rare normally gone it was a great thing to add to the scene and now it's fucking gone do you think was there police presence Nah, the dj was trying to first of all the dj was trying to keep the uh karaoke going for 99 percent of the whole thing which is hilarious really? yeah because the yelling was almost drowning it out which is impressive because the karaoke was, who was on who was doing karaoke during all just that? random white people that follow karaoke circuits in buffalo so they think they have somebody to sing in front of Right. It was brutal. They were doing, like, not karaoke songs. Um, they were really awkward. They were sitting all the way at the other end of the bar. It was, it, that, they were funny. They were just like, oh, I don't know if it's wow, okay I don't think for us I've to ever, leave. <laughs> I've never witnessed, like, a more than half of the patrons, like, a bar fight. Like, really, like that. So It was probably, when it came down to it, about five or six, maybe seven people throwing punches. Yeah, but how many people were in the bar total? Less than 20, for right, sure. Right, so like seven people. That's pretty. Yeah. That's a bar fight, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, for sure. I'm with you. I feel bad. The bartender, who who's my boy, I, I, he, he was completely um, trying to help the right group in that scenario. He wasn't, he wasn't with the owner at all, from what I could tell. He just looked very uncomfortable. I felt bad for him. He was like trying to box up their food, and she's like, <laughs> he was all, he's like a very nervous guy to begin with. He just looked flustered as shit the oh, whole I time. Oh, bad, bro. I was uncomfortable. I hate do confrontation. They, they don't have a bouncer there, do they? No. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. The DJ would have been in the closest thing, Ugh. but he's a pussy. He was like, yo, there's cops outside, like over the loudspeaker. <laughs> like once it started popping off, there were no fucking cops. Like we were there for 20 minutes after and there was still no cops. Wow. It was rough. <sighs> Gotta be careful with those bars, man. Yeah. I almost got into my first fight, let alone my first bar fight. 
and it would have been with a bunch of grown. But dudes. you've been taking Krav Maga, so you would have. That is false. I've not been taking. Krav oh, Maga. Brazilian just jujitsu. I've taken seven Brazilian jujitsu beginner classes. So you would have one. You would have been and one Muay Thai beginner class. So you would have been like you would have. I would have been terrible one. because <laughs> I can't wrestle on broken glass. So oh. that's all that jujitsu is. So I'm fucked there. Just pick and up. And then some Muay Thai is, is like kickboxing. So all I learned how to do was like a rib kick so far, which it's not even called that. It's called like a sidekick. It aims for like the liver spleen shit. What's your go-to move in a bar fight? If you're about to get in a fight in a bar, if one on one, if what's your no go-to move? Headbutt. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Thank you for telling me the headbutt. I explained it. Yeah, you you're grab- going for a headbutt. Yeah, that's your. Is that Dude. your first move or is that your go-to? Like after that's a couple- my go-to. Like if I want to start, the f- if I think it's going to explode and I want to get the jump, grab their shirt, pull it into your noggin. Really? You got to also remember, I have a huge head. Take, You're not worried I've taken about a like, lot of shots to the head from football back in the day. I could I could take that shot better than he'll be able to. You know, you have and to I'll follow through, my, man. I'll be putting my crown into his nose, so he'll be sustaining right, a yeah, lot more. Okay, like yeah. I know, like I have the technique. I guess you could say. Yeah, I'm not gonna. <laughs> you're not going forehead to forehead because no. I'm gonna say, bro, that that Fuck, would. You don't do this, right? You, you go through. You like spear you have to follow through. Yeah, yeah. Or else you're gonna. Trust me, I, you should look at my football helmet. There's a bunch of fucked up like scratches and dents all in the one spot I'm talking about, and it's it's all the different colors of the different helmets that I hit, or like jerseys and shit. It's it's funny. But that's a that's really a fight ender. If you if you follow if you pull that that's off, that's what I'm saying. Like that dude's not gonna want to fight. His nose is gonna hats, be crushed. Everybody at home, bloody fitted hats go from like seven, no, they go from like six and seven eighths or something to like to eight inches. That's like the new era fitted right. lineup. I'm like a seven and seven eighths or an eight, depending on how long my hair is. So I got a fucking melon on me. And you got to also remember, whoever's trying to start a bar fight with me, odds are they're bigger than me because I'm six foot two twenty, which is neither large nor small. I guess it's a little on the larger side. Yeah. But like odds are like normal sized to smaller sized people aren't nearly as likely to try to fight me as some big fuck. Oh no, not at all. Because I'm I'm a guy who I, they're not like picking on me because I'm not a small guy, but I'm just big enough to be able to fight them, but still like an easy dub in their head, you know. Which I, it, guess. I have no fight experience. Like it probably I'm probably not that great in a fight. I'd be good at subduing somebody yeah, smaller but the, than me. The average like, person, without violence. the average person doesn't have fight experience either. So mm, the average drunk dude at a bar, I feel like, is somebody who likes. Well, to that's get what drunk you got to worry about because I know fight. you're not gonna be drunk if this fight happens. I feel like that's probably one of the only scenarios where I'd end up getting in a fight is if I was if you got hammered. Yeah, and then I accidentally say me trying to joke around being an asshole. I say something, and some dude takes it real personal, or like I make a gay joke being a being a bisexual man. Me joking about me sucking some dick, and then he takes it like, "Yo, you fucking faggot," or like you know they say some fuck shit, and I that's that's one of the only things that I'll ever get physical about is people fucking with that. You got to rep, man. That fucking with that or fucking with like somebody in my group there that night. Did like, you those see, are the two things you could do to get me violent. Did you see that one bar video recently where this dude came in with an AK and like to a bar? Yes, bro. It's this is recent. This is like within in the this US last week. A. Yes, bro. And so he comes in, bro. It's a black and white video, but everything's clear. Everybody's sitting along the bar, right? And all of a sudden, everybody, like, except for this one dude, they all look over at the, like, where the door is, and they're all like, yo, what? And even the bartender was like, yo. And, like, they all duck, like, they all just, like, get on the ground. Except for this one dude who's just sitting at, sitting at the stool on his phone. <laughs> Cocky as shit. He literally <laughs> looked over. He was just, like, some average white, like, 
average build, just average like guy. He fucking hated his desk job. Was like, yes. you know what? Take me out, khaki bro. <laughs> shorts, probably in a button down. And he was like on his phone. He's like, all right. And he starts scrolling his phone. And the dude comes over and puts the barrel of the gun like in his side and like grabs his phone and puts it on the bar. And the dude's like, all right. And then like, there's no audio. And then he just picks up his pack of cigarettes, puts one in his mouth, starts lighting it, picks up his phone again. And like the dude with the gun is like grabbing people's wallets or something like that. The dude just doesn't care. Like he's just like, yeah, whatever. He's holding up the bar. Like whatever. He knew the dude wasn't going to shoot him. Bother me. That dude was more baller. But the gun kind of looked like it could have been fake. Like who has it? Who just brings an AK into a bar, bro? That like, guy. I don't know. <laughs> Man, if I'm ever the reason a, I was so surprised when you first said that it happened is because it's fucking. Yeah, not I don't normal. know. It was like some viral video. Um, I don't know what the situation is beyond, behind it, but like I watched the video and I was like, yeah, that's kind of scary. If you're just chilling at like a random bar and some dude just walks in with an assault rifle and it's like, <laughs> give me your wallets. <laughs> can't do shit about that no that and that dude knew it so he's just like i'm gonna enjoy my last time if you do it. anything about it you're risking everybody else's life in the bar right unless you think you could call the bluff but unless you're like, like you better knock him out like in unless you're hit. the equalizer and can just put a shot glass in his eye and that's kind like, of like originally i wasn't thinking about doing much mu- muay thai because i'm like i'm not an aggressive guy i don't want to have to like spar full go right but if, when it comes to say somebody's dangerous like really dangerous if i could get a good enough like punch or kick it's almost safer to knock somebody out in one hit than try to choke them out or get them in an arm bar. Yo, if you can like, pull off a kick, like, if you can kick somebody in the head, dude, and too, over. You can kill somebody by accident, bro. Oh, for sure. Dude, if they hit the ground the wrong way, even, it's crazy. That's why I don't want to fight. I don't see, there's no, the bravado isn't enough of a sell for me. Like, oh, it's absolutely. not enough, like, winning a fight isn't enough of a trade-off. You know what I, I mean? feel like even it's if you want to fight, you wouldn't be like posting about it. You'd be like, also, you're still in pain. Even if the dude lands zero shots on you, whatever you hit him with, your fist, foot, shin, gonna fucking hurt. Oh yeah, for Big sure. Time. Big time. Because you're putting, because you're not a, in this in this scenario. I'm not an experienced fighter. I'm putting everything I fucking got into every punch. I'm not like throwing seventy percent punches trying to like wait him out and make him right. tired. Right. This isn't, the U- <laughs> this isn't the UFC. You're not trying to sweat I'm, him. I'm swinging for the fences. Yeah, you're swinging. You're swinging for the knock for the KO. I mean, hell yeah, dude. I guess everybody is. Probably break point. my fucking barbering hand. I'd be fucked. I guess that there's an art to the bar fight where, or a fight in general, where like if you're going into the fight, like I just need this fight to end, but I don't really want to have to like kill this guy. Like I guess, you know, like knowing where like your stop point is probably is crazy hard. Knowing like this punch that I'm gonna throw right now probably has like a forty percent chance of knocking him out, but like a nine percent chance of just ending the fight. Like people don't know that most people don't aren't in those situations very often. You know they don't know what their kick's gonna do, what their what their punch is gonna do. What yeah. if your fight? What if you get in a bar fight with someone like one of our friends and, and the dude who's fighting you had fourteen concussions in his life and you punch him in the head and that fifteen concussion kills him? Yeah, or like does permanent brain damage. Right, induces you're like screwed, CTE bro. You're really screwed. Quick. You'll be in courts for your life, your whole life. Oh yeah, and then if you do happen to go to prison for it, you're going to big boy prison. You're, you're going not, to big you're boy. Not, you're not. You're, you're going, going to like to, max or close you're to be max. Be in Gen Pop. You better find <laughs> better find some group to get in with. Oh, I need to mention this. I've been. Did I mention this on the last podcast? I've just been watching uh, prison YouTube uh, no. thing. Okay, so there's this subsect on YouTube where. Guys who are fresh out of prison or out within like recent years will start a channel where they just tell stories because prison stories are fucking amazing. You know right. what I'm saying? But they're also incredibly terrible at the same time. They're terrifying for sure. Right. And they, they this dude, his name is Wes Watson. Wes. He explains like the rules a lot. You know what I mean? What does he tell you? Like what prison he was at? Like does he start Everything. like that? Oh, Everything. Really? You know, you know, 
everything you need to know about this dude. His paperwork, what he went in for, how it all went down, his age, the amount of years he did, how many months ago he got out, Damn. all that. Every prison he went to. Dude, the California prison system is so inundated with Dude, inmates that they have prisons California. in other states. Every prison system. They have, they have prisons in other states that are private prisons that are only California inmates. Dude, like they private prisons are it. disgusting. That's actually, where the real shit goes down, bro. Actually, some for sure, but with him... The, pri- the private prison he went to was nicer with better food and, and like, newer. And well, he's lucky then. Well, he no, he didn't. See, he's, like, a hardcore tough guy to where, like, he views suffering as learning. And, like, to him, it, it, it's like, it made us weaker. Like, he's, like, one of those dudes. Ah. Um, he ended up being, like, a kind of a bit of a shot caller from what I could tell. He, he won't outright say it because he just got out, like, eight months ago. But he... He makes calls and to make calls that like he explains in other videos, like if you put it all together, he explains that you need to be in a position of power and to have done some serious shit right. to be a shot caller. And then he tells stories where he tells somebody what to do. And it's based on like gang shit, like the the order he gave. And it's like, oh, he he made it through the ladder a bit. Right. He describes it as building assets around him by running workout programs in prison. But in reality, he was like building crews, like when you would think about it. But he's a really, I also want to mention that he's like an extremely like changed and moral person. Like if you listen to like one of his 12 minute videos, by the end of it, you're like, yo, this dude's inspirational, motivational, well, on the right track. It's all about his ass off. It's all about the environment, man. He's in an environment where he has to do what he has to do to exactly. survive. Have you seen the movie Shot Caller? Yeah, you recommended that to me, right? Oh, uh, where the dude goes in for a DWI? Yeah. Yeah. For a, D- for a D-dub with... Manslaughter, vehicular manslaughter. Oh, he did. Ki- oh, yeah. He was saying, his saying. buddy was in the back seat when he got. And then he, he becomes like hardened by the system. He becomes a fucking shot caller, like all the way. Like it's he goes from having like a, a what is it, fourteen month sentence or something to to like life, like three strikes and if you have three strikes in prison, three, you get there life. are certain states where yeah, three strikes no matter what the offense. If it's a felony, your life. Yeah. Yeah. Or they'll use that third strike as like a we're gonna we're gonna use this to get you life. Like we'll bring this to the court. Unless you rat on this, this, and this, and that's how they'll get a lot of people. Once they've already been in the prison system for a while, they'll get them to rat on their crew. That's wild. Yeah, dude, I fucking love that shit, dude. I love hearing about the underbelly of the world, like how that shit the, is ran, the, like the rules, the world beneath the world, the underworld, the criminal underworld. Yeah, dude, it's crazy. Dude, they have cell phones. They have portable chargers. Oh, dude, you can get <laughs> it. You can get anything in prison. This is known. I'm, dude, even in college, like in classes, like with. Uh, couple of my classes taught by defense lawyers whatever whatever they tell you like they're not they're not trying to give you a, a washed version like prison is where bad guys go they're like you want something in prison you can get it phone drugs anything and a lot of the Smoking times jays at night and shit a lot of the times it's a lot of the guards are in on it a lot of people who visit them just bring them stuff um all the time they're always putting stuff okay, up so we're ass. near we're near Attica Prison, which is famous because there was a huge riot there back in the 70s, I believe. Um, a lot of people died during that riot. We're six hours away from another prison that just had a recent uh, riot yes. or escape um, or whatever that I cut somebody who is a CO there. Dude, okay. I, so cut, I cut COs, COs at Attica. I cut COs downtown at the detention center. I would never be a CO. Oh, it's, Everything it's, I know about that job. The stats and- of their mental health. It's nothing. Top they're three horrible, worst in bro. the country for they're, any position. They, they, they're all high blood pressure. They're all under extreme stressful situation. And then 
they all like a lot of them can succumb to things like getting uh, inmates things and like it's just a slippery slope and it's just you're not getting paid that much. That's so what you see yes, an opportunity exactly. to make some bread, and you have and you think that you know the system well enough to get around it without consequences. You get and no matter tricked. how many they hire, it's always understaffed because they're always looking for more. So you're always overworked because nobody wants that fucking gig, and you always want overtime. Because you need the money for some odd life reason, so being a CEO, they need to they need to fix that, man. I mean, dude, I would never, I would never. Someone just was telling me the other day, like, oh yeah, Atticus looking. So I was thinking about doing that in like a year. I'm like, dude, are you crazy? People use it as a stepping stone for getting cop jobs and shit. Right, which is, I guess, okay. But, bro, that's not the right way to go into the cops. Because if you start out as a CEO and that's your life view going into the police force, you're you're asking to be one of those cops that ends up on the news. Yeah, because you're going to view whoever you're trying to control as like an inmate scenario. We're talking like 40 to 60 hours a week. You are you are somewhere where everybody doesn't like you and you have to just treat and you're you know, you're supposed to treat everybody like a prisoner like it takes a toll, Do you man. You know they're allowed to preemptively strike. Like they don't have to wait to be hit. Even if there's camera like I I was talking to the dude who works out like 6 hours away. He does like 4 days on, 3 days off and just drives oh, back and forth. that's probably better for him. He's man. he's starting out there he's trying to transfer. He just got the gig. Okay. That's why they put him out there. They'll, they'll put you wherever in the state they feel like. Right. He just said, fuck that, I'm not moving. Um, he was saying, they literally, fuck, what was, I, what was I going? Preemptive strikes? Right, okay. If they feel like their life is threatened in any way, which means they can fucking do whatever they want, they can fucking strike away. They can go. They can hit him with the baton or whatever the fuck they have. Like, it's there's no real rules to, like, hitting an inmate. I think one of the scariest scenarios... I Anybody think, I can should also add, in. I think you, you need that because, yeah, are, are some going to rule with impunity and be dickheads? For sure. But if you have to wait to be struck, you're going to get strike, That you're strike could be, jumped. Well, that strike could be a lot of things. They could have something in their hand. I don't know. You know, it's a gray area. Dude, I don't know if I agree knives. with Everybody impunity. Everybody has weapons. I don't know how I would really deal with that. But I'm just thinking the scary situation you could be in is a guard during a prison riot. Imagine just hearing on like you're you're eating your your tuna salad your your wife packed you or your egg salad sandwich whatever you're eating and you hear on your radio cell block D has been taken and you're just like oh shit and your break rooms in cell block D and you're just like oh that's got to be terrifying bro absolutely terrifying especially if you're working like supermaxes or oh, it's got to be scary stuff man it's got to be the scary. guys who have it the easiest I feel like are the ones who just work the uh What's it called? Where you're just enclosed all the time. Well, one of my roommates said that if they were in prison, they would want to work. They wouldn't join any any groups, even though they would be more likely to, considering they're they happen to be black. But yo, listen, real quick, they would. That's work not long. an option. Oh, I that's know. One it's of the not things these videos it's, has taught me. It's like you a, fucking work for your team. Like you have to, or else they, or you just get your ass beat right. over and over and so over. So he and said over he again. would just work in laundry, and I'm like, oh, so you just. What gonna, do you mean work in laundry? <laughs> like, I know that's like, what I said. I was like, like you have a fucking choice. You get given. You show up and they give you a fucking job. And that's your gig. And also, you got to do months and months and months at a place before you go to your final destination. We'll say, like you say, you got eight years. You're doing twelve months at a at a like processing, like a holding center or like a a jail instead yeah. of a prison. Like you don't right. just go to prison. Well, you're also in you jail to, until your trial's your trial. over. The trial. You're that's, just in county jail. Or you whatever. could be in county jail for years, dude. Right. It, well, it's up to three. Usually, because you have the right to a speedy trial, and usually... Speedy is not three years. No. <laughs> speedy no. is under three months. But you can also serve your entire term in county jail if it's a smaller offense. Yeah, if it's like a nonviolent or something, right? 
But yeah. county jail gen pop is still extremely dangerous, right? Yeah, yeah. Plus, that's where county jail is where you're more likely than not to have something like a conspiracy unfold where, like, you hung yourself in your cell. Supermax, that doesn't happen. County jail, that's more likely well, to Jeffrey me. Jeffrey Epstein was... That's was, a federal prison. That should have never happened. It's because it's a fucking conspiracy. They took him off suicide watch within the 12 hours beforehand. Jeffrey Epstein, this whole He thing, had tried man. to kill himself weeks before. Why'd they take him off suicide watch? He had... <sighs> Somebody he had talked a lot to him, of info on a Somebody lot of Somebody went and was like, listen. He had a lot of dirt on a lot of people. Yeah. They were like, listen, you either got to do this or we kill everybody you love. <laughs> and he was like, oh, all right, easy choice. Bye. Or someone just did that and they were Dude, like, Dude, he doesn't love anybody. <laughs> uh, I don't know. No, bro. Well, they, if, okay, if he did it, then it was because he was threatened with something, we'll say. And if somebody else did it to him, it's for obvious reasons. He's, I mean, he is a victim of that, of that whatever happened to him like the suicide and or someone killed him but let's not forget he's a monster absolutely no he deserved trust me i would have rather him live out his life in prison and suffer for the next however many 30, I would have 30 liked, years of his life i would have liked to see him go to trial i would have liked to see him in court not that i would have obviously seen the proceedings but i would have liked to known he was there and read whatever was reported about it because at the end of the day like people want to see him answer for these things but i mean i guess he kind of did well, to some people, he died with the information he had. Yeah, which means, yeah, I guess it's and worse for the public this way. If he would have gone to prison, I don't even know what prison they would have locked him up in because can't put him in Gen Pop. He would have died in three no, days. No, you, I mean every they do not. Every prison like, has. The, I was talking to the guard about this toddler kind of specific prison, thing. Man. I was talking to the I forget the name of the prison they works at. The six hour away guy about how they don't like certain people who no, do certain No, about how crimes. they have areas. For um, like people pedophile? on suicide watch, oh, yeah. people who are pedophiles, so that they don't get killed by they're the, gonna get killed in prison if you're a pedophile. You will. They get just killed. never. No, they they never see the population. Right. They're just always well, because secluded. they learned now over yeah. time. He also said that some depending on the offense, they they don't care as much. Like prisoners don't prey on sexual offenders as much as they used to. According to this one person who was actually new to the job, so we don't even know how seriously we could take his his uh, stance. Right. But, I mean, he's better source of info than I am. Yeah, that's true. He, probably he, said, he said they don't care as much, depending on what you did. Like, they don't get jumped for that shit as often. Uh, but according to the, the, the guy, the California YouTube guy, Wes Watson, they'll, they'll cut your face up as, like, a sign to show, like, no matter where you are, they'll know you're either a rat or a predator. Right. Like you got bad paperwork, they call it. Just like in Glorious Bastards, like when he carves the Nazi thing. In the yeah, pretty much. So... Yeah, prison. Don't go to prison, everybody. No, this no. podcast has taught you one thing. <laughs> That's what that YouTube channel has taught me. He tells he's all the time. He's like, if this is to show you anything, if you don't think you could handle this, this, and this, it's because you should never fucking do anything that could put you in prison. I was yeah. like, yeah, it's pretty good reasoning, Wes. Yeah, damn. Every video, he's outside at a at a lawn chair, no, at a like picnic table in a park, shirtless, veins a popping, hair receding, combed back, racist goatee. <laughs> just it's facetious people <laughs> with like sunglasses on usually just tatted to the gills every inch of his body other than his like face yeah does he talk about tattoos in prison yeah he is a he talks a ton about they just heat up a ballpoint pen or what okay so there's this one dude that he that he talked about with the nastiest tattoo prison artist that he ever saw everybody he laced up was was fire ink real dark crispy lines he knew exactly what he was doing but Needles in prison get reused, and it's common for whatever the artist has. 
everybody else knows you're just going to get that. And he had hep C. And he had a fucking line out the door of his cell. Bro. Still. Bro. Everybody in that prison had hep C. That was at the fucking private one that wasn't in California. And he ended up starting to do hard drugs so that his piss would come back dirty so that he would be sent home to California to a more higher security prison, but be able for his wife, his dying wife, to come visit him a couple last times. That's crazy. Yep. And then he ended up dying from overdose a couple years later. Crazy dude. His wife was also but dead by then. But isn't that like crazy like Romeo and Juliet almost? Damn. Like, right? Oh, it's love in prison. Um all right, let's move on from prison. Let's just go into our last two segments here because we're we're hitting our hitting our time marks. Um what do you got to, to recommend here? Do we have some, well, let's just do recommendations first. I know you got yours. Mine is a song that I would normally not recommend. It's it's a it's like a it's not pop, it's it's rap and hip hop, I guess. But it's it's a song that has no substance. It's just catchy. That's it. Point blank period. By a sixteen year old. He just turned sixteen. <laughs> it's called uh Who how did you find the song? At the barbershop, playing on Pandora. Oh, okay. All those dog shit most famous songs in the in the US countdowns basically. Yeah. It's by Lil Tecca. It's called Ransom. And it's catchy. And it's really catchy. And you'll have it in your head all day. Introduced it to Frank or I showed it to Frank and he was like, I fucking hate this song. And then today he was like, we have beef. I can't stop listening to it. <laughs> Interesting. Interesting. I um, I started school again, so it's not like I'm going to... I guess I'll give you an academic recommendation. Even though this has nothing to do with what I'm doing in school, I just haven't had time to really consume anything culture-wise this past week, which is really unfortunate. It's really put me in a pit, man, mentally. But I've been reading this book called Bullshit Jobs, and it's a theory by this guy. He's an anthropologist named David Graeber. He wrote this book on debt as well. But he gathered a ton of information on not, we're not even talking blue collar or labor jobs. We're talking white collar benefits, you know, 60 to $120,000 salary jobs that he has come, he has done the math and stats and just, and he like took testimonials from hundreds of people. Like they told him how bullshit their jobs were. They don't do anything for anybody, not the company, not society, nothing. Most of the time, these people are, are doing all the work they need to do for the entire day, sometimes the week, in two hours. And the rest of the time, they are finding things to do, reading a book. And whenever they try to find work, because they're like, they find that it depresses them and like they're not doing anything. Whenever they try to find work from their superiors, they like get yelled at and like, like it's like not. So he's like, yeah, there's this whole culture of like white collar jobs. He's like, so that's where all your money's going. It's an interesting theory. Um, a lot of BS jobs out there, I guess. Like, I know a couple like of people he's like, those jobs. He's like kids who come out of engineering school. who are like, oh, I just got an engineering degree, which is what everybody tells you to get. You're always going to get a job. They get that job. It's doing nothing. You're not working on tech. You're not working on building anything useful. You are, you are pushing paper through, through a system, just checking boxes. That's it. That does nothing for the company. That could be done by a computer system. So it's a, it's a, it's a good book. It's called Bullshit Jobs. I'm not all the way done with it. But uh, a lot of the math he does is pretty sound, and a lot of a lot of the research he's pulled together is pretty good. The reason he wrote it is because this blog called Strike, I don't know anything about the blog, I just know the backstory, asked him to write a piece for their blog, and he wrote it on, like, if your job makes you feel like it doesn't mean anything. And it, like, blew up, like, crazy in, like, the work community. So if you ever want to read, read that. Um, I need to get back into reading. 
I try to always have a book now. I've tried since the summer started. I was like, I need to start just always having a book. I got like three or four saved at my crib that I got to get through before I buy anymore. Yeah. Yeah. I got a couple. I got a couple. A uh, couple I'm, I'm trying to get through. Um, do you have any um, any saltiest? Hmm. Saltiest. Now you go first. Um. Well. Well, okay. Well, actually, the one thing we didn't talk about, um, everybody's kind of salty. Everybody except Brazil's president is salty that the Amazon's on fire. <laughs> Everybody except for Brazil's president. And the one CEO in, in the United States who's making money off of it is like this one guy. I forgot his name. But the Amazon's on fire, so that sucks. We're going to die in 18 months, apparently. I think we should try to be less alarmed. Here's the thing, though. Besides Leonardo DiCaprio and like everybody else tweeting about it and some people donating, not many wealthy people are, are worried about it. Isn't that strange? Yeah. Think about this. Notre Dame, the church, burned overnight, bro. Overnight. We're talking hundreds of million dollars in donations. Amazon's on fire. Not many people are that worried. Do you think it's just because it's the Amazon or do you think like really they're just they know more than we do? I think that donating to religious things has been so ingrained and ingratiated into the culture for sure across the world that it's more natural for people to send money there it's just and sad, it's more man. it's also more of a they know what's gonna it's gonna be done with their money they're gonna rebuild that shit right what are they gonna do with the money for the amazon like we pour water shit? on it like it's it's more vague i guess which the, uh, i i don't the I don't summit or whatever summit. the summit or whatever put 20 million so it's all the all the bunch of countries france and u.s and germany and all them they put 20 million dollars to fight it and leonardo dicaprio put five so Leonardo DiCaprio put a fourth of what like six countries put together. <laughs> so we'll see what happens. It's still on fire. There's something like forty three thousand fires started, and it started by farmers, bro. It's not started from lightning. The farmers, the so basically this guy took power and he goes. And he's very conservative, so he goes environmental regulations, gutta gum. You can do what you want, and all, farmers are making money on deforested land that they turn into soybean and cattle farms, and th- so now. They're like, well, shit, we can do what we want. There's no regulations. So let's start fires to clear out mass amounts of land and then turn it into a farm. And so if a bunch of farmers start doing this, now you got a fire that's out of control. That's really what happened. Now you're burning large it wasn't lightning. of the entire it wasn't, rainforest. Right. It wasn't lightning. It was people doing this on purpose. That's why, that's why it's kind of outrageous. We're an infestation on this world. That's my whole theory about humanity. That we were, we were. It's an old theory. Let's just, yeah, it's not an old theory. Yeah, it's, it is an old theory that we're just created to, to, to end, end the world. That's what we were created for. Yeah. We have no purpose other than annihilation. I guess. <laughs> Probably. To a certain but, degree. Uh, that's, that's my saltiest. Um, we can play the Denzel video if you want and then just roll out. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I didn't, I didn't laugh. I don't know if you noticed, but I didn't laugh when I heard it. There's this dude doing a really good Denzel impression, doing Dreams and Nightmares yeah, it's by uh, Meek Mill. And it's, one it's, plus it's one good. equals four O underscore zero on Twitter. Yeah. And it's, it's good. I'm just, I'll play, but what's I'll funny? Play six second, I'll play like eight seconds of it or ten seconds. And if you're listening to this, let me know if you think it's Denzel. Let's see if it comes through. It does. Like this. The rhyme like this. So I had to grind like that to shine like this. In a matter of uh, time I spent locked up uh, in the back of the paddy wagon cuffs. Yeah, so there's our eight seconds of it. It sounds pretty good coming through the headphones. I don't know about you guys, but that sounds like Denzel <laughs> to me. <laughs> like Denzel. 
So uh, that's our that there's your there's your Twitter Twitter info for the day. Um, you should make that your text tone or your like calling tone. I, we, yo, bro, I wish iPhones you could put any sound as it, but you can't. You can't? No, bro. You have to do like a an official ringtone, at least unless I'm technologically unsavvy. But um, regardless, this has been past the salt. It's been a pretty good episode. We've talked about a lot of big things. Usually it's a lot of little, but today we really hit on some big ones. Big boys. Um, find us anywhere iTunes or um, yeah, iTunes, Spotify, Anchor, anywhere podcasts can be listened to. As always, I'm uh, Max Cambria. You can find me anywhere at Max underscore Cambria. And I'm John Peroni. You can find me anywhere at, at John underscore Peroni. And I'm our, done spelling it for all you fuckers. <laughs> and our, again, our new Twitter is Pass Assault Podcast at PTS underscore podcast 716. More, uh, hopefully more advertisements and, and things to come for you all. <laughs> um, all right. 